just before we get into it just wanted to thank our newest sponsor for the podcast audio technica and technical audio group hooked us up with uh four amazing microphones we're sounding as crisp and clear as ever very uh nice sounding um timber to your voice liam mm. you are listening to the sultry sound of my voice yeah well, what, a, what a tech demo i might send that to audio technica and they've also hooked us up with a uh, Allen and Heath ZI10 mixer. It's great. It's got a little bit of EQing. It's got um, all your mixing options and uh, four channels out via USB as well, which is super handy when you've got a um, you don't need to bounce people down onto you know a stereo track. Highly recommend using it for podcast recording because it's super affordable and also it's you know a solid piece of equipment. Um, so yeah, big thank you to them as well. Thanks again, guys. We really appreciate you helping us out with that. There's been a lot of episodes of The Simpsons where there's like a musical theme. Yeah, um, probably a lot more than I realized before I did the before I did the research. Like I could always picture different musical episodes in my head, but then when I actually read the list of um, how many guests there have been to this date. Um, involved in the Simpsons, cameoing in the Simpsons or what have you. It's pretty, pretty staggering. And there was a few in there that I didn't actually realize too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed like put compiling this, this little list of, um, top five. Yeah. So you've, you've compiled the top five, your favorite Simpsons musical, musical guest episodes. Yeah. Guest episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was actually surprisingly difficult to do because there's so many great episodes. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. So and I learned a lot in the process and hopefully I can impart some of that knowledge onto onto some uh like Simpsons slash music fans. Yeah. So number five. Yeah. Um so number five is um Lisa the Vegetarian. So Ah, this is the Paul McCartney. Paul Linda McCartney. And Linda one. McCartney, yeah. So it was season seven, episode five. Um and a great um, season. All right, first, before we get into this, yeah, let's set the parameters. So, because there would be so many musical guests on The Simpsons these days, but yeah. who watches The Simpsons these days? They don't even release them on DVD or make no. any kind of hoo ha about it. It's just a episode mill now, yeah. So, with that, you know, obviously, everyone's got their kind of ideal season, you know, range. Yeah, what's yours? Absolutely. Uh, Look, I think a lot of people are like really critical of like some of the not really recent like Simpsons episodes, but the ones like around sort of the mid to late 2000s. Yeah. So I actually enjoyed the Simpsons probably right up to season 17. Funny you say that because that's the same number I say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then after 17, it starts to get pretty cloudy. And yeah. I think we're up to like, what, are we up to 30 yet? I don't even know. Or did it be getting I try, up there? It's, it's, it's kind of just a morbid reminder of capitalism. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, yeah, there's... Yeah, kind of goes well, against the integrity of what The Simpsons used to like. Not that The Simpsons was against anything in particular. Uh, just I just don't, yeah. There's took something a punt just, at anything. Something but, not right about current Simpsons. It's just seems uh, it's lost its, not, lost it's, its, way. it's soulless. Yeah. Like, however, I, I have a friend who last year said to me... Um, He's like, oh, have you watched any of the, like, this season Simpsons? Well, there and has been a little bit of a, re like, a renaissance in the yeah, Simpsons. Yeah, I've heard that it's kind of last few seasons have actually been pretty, like... Some of them have been pretty funny. They've they've 
brought it to kind of the they've it seems made like made it more newsworthy and time relevant to current events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose in a way, in like South Park is. Yeah, or in a way that like it was in its heyday because it was still very topical, like. Yeah, but it was it wasn't more it was less in your face topical and more kind of like satirical, in a yeah. sense where it's not like shoving like you yeah know, it's not like directly referencing something yeah exactly so just much. shoving things in your face just because they happen to be current but yeah um season seventeen that's like halfway through roughly just over halfway through the Simpsons lifespan but yeah. um I most of these most of these early episodes like I don't think I have one past season ten. Right. So these are all like one episodes that people will be familiar with, I'm sure. Yep. Um, Lisa the Vegetarian, um, you know, it's the one that everyone knows where Lisa becomes a vegetarian, um, you know. They, and they stuck with that story arc too. That's right, yeah. One, so one of the things I was going to mention was um, like one of the uh, one of the things that Paul McCartney stated was like a um, – you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, terms and conditions. Yeah, like a term. I don't know why I forgot that word. Like one of the terms for him being on the episode was that um, he wanted Lisa to continue her vegetarianism after that episode because he didn't want her to just like go through that journey and then just flake out and go back to eating meat again. Yeah. So it's actually one of the few um, like character arcs that has like changes that has become permanent like it's yeah. carried on from season seven right up to today because what else have you got you got more dying that was like a major one yeah yeah and it's really really hard to think of well the episode that jumped the shark for a lot of people where you find out skinner is an imposter and he's yeah. not actually skinner and the the real skinner the martin sheen skinner that's true but in actual fact they kind of just like buried the hatchet at the end of the episode anyway that's it but a lot of people that was that's cited by a lot of people as the episode that the simpsons they jumped killed, the shark they killed the simpsons yeah yeah i've read that too yeah um, i mean i thought that was a really funny I episode i know no it was bothered but although like i saw that when i was probably like 11 or 12 or something so like i don't really care like it was yeah. just another funny simpsons episode. exactly yeah I wasn't sitting there like I, i've even read that people like so you remember the episode where homer uh, fights Dredrick Tatum, like Mike Tyson. Yeah. So people, there's people saying that that's when the Simpsons started sucking because like, that's like, that's outlandish. And like normally Homer wouldn't do outlandish things. They'd be within the realms of like possibility. Um, and I just thought, nah, that's silly. Like that was a fantastic episode. And so many episodes like of the Simpsons were great because they were outlandish, you know? Um, so I don't know. I disagree there, but yeah. Like, yeah. Like Homer going to space. Yeah. Like, come on. That was a great episode, <laughs> but you know, anyway. Careful. Um, they're ruffled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like James Taylor was in that episode. That's so right. there's, your, there's your musical guest for that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like this, this particular episode I thought was, was great. Um, and it was ironically, Paul was actually the last Beatle other than Lennon, obviously, because Lennon was, was gone before the Simpsons started airing, but he was the last Beatle to actually appear on the Simpsons. So George Harrison yeah. and Ringo Starr both appeared before, before him in earlier seasons. So, is the George Harrison one going to be on your list? Yeah, uh, this is the only one I've included, man. Cause oh, okay. Like, so I can talk about the George Harrison yeah, one without yeah, ruining yeah. Yeah, the next I one. I, I had to pick one. At, I yeah. love the George Harrison moment when he rolls down 
the window and yeah, the, like, the B sharps, and yeah, he just yeah. puts his hand. It's like it's already been done. Yeah, it's been <laughs> done. Yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, that's that's become like a like a meme as well. Yeah, where, like if something's been done, people will just like post that picture of like George Harrison hanging out the limo. Yeah, like it's been done. Yeah, um, <laughs> and Homer like eating all those brownies and stuff off of the off the hors d'oeuvres table. Yeah. And George Harrison's just like, what a nice young man. <laughs> uh, clearly he's like a fat delinquent. But um, yeah, that's a great one too. But yeah, couldn't squeeze it into this top five. But um, yeah, one of, the, right. one of the good moments I thought on, um, on this particular episode is when um, Lisa meets Linda and Paul McCartney on the roof of the Quickie Mart and they grow, they've got oh, their yeah. garden up there and everything. And uh, Paul admits to Lisa that if you play his song Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, it's a recipe for a ripping lentil soup. Yeah. yeah which is like, yeah. you know, like a, like a, a, a piss take of, um, you know, those metal albums where you're playing backwards Still and there's satanic messages, you know, this yeah. is like lentil soup. So that was pretty funny. And um, it, all, it was also the episode that spawned the, um, the famous You Don't Win Friends With Salad uh, scene, which is like you know one of the and it's a little airborne it's still good it's still good yeah that's right yeah that's yeah, in yeah. the episode right that's in the episode yeah, yeah. So that's it like, that was that was one that i quoted a lot as yeah, a kid. yeah 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 everyone did it like that's so many quotable moments it's, in that a, it's a great episode yeah it's, it's a fantastic episode like i really really love that one so i i mean even though it's like a Lisa story and like people hate Lisa stories. I actually really enjoy the Lisa story. episode. Yeah. It's like the Jebediah Springfield one where she figures out that Jebediah Springfield was a fraud. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, she exactly. has the moral yeah. dilemma of whether to tell people or not. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another great episode. I really like that episode, one. Yeah. Where he, she ends up getting banned from the museum. Yeah. He's like, she's like you and your children and your children's <laughs> children. And then he's like, well, three months. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Because no one ever goes in there, so he's like, "Oh, all right, you can come back." But yeah, no, fantastic episode. So that's got that's my number five as well. Like, there's I th- there's episodes that I like more than that one. So number four, uh, season nine, episode twenty two, Trash of the Titans. So this is another one with just so many classic moments in it. It was the two hundredth episode. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm it's the one remember. where it starts out where they're they're in like this corporate room or whatever, like a you know, in a meeting, and they're trying to figure out it's like Costingtons or whatever. It's you know that like a the Simpsons version of like Costco. Yeah, and uh, they're trying to figure out like a holiday that they can create where they can sell cheesy shit, and it's like a piece take of Valentine's Day, and they create Love Day. Yeah. So, anyway. Long story oh, my short. My memory's still not kicked in for this episode. It, it'll, it will come, at some it'll point, come. yeah. So Love Day becomes a thing and you we're in the Simpsons household and they're all buying each other Love Day gifts like, you know, like Sir, like this this talking bear called Sir Loves a Lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. a... Um, it's coming back a Kisses make me boogie O'Lantern. It's basically just a jack-o'-lantern with like a lip stuck on it that plays Love Will Keep Us Together and Homer's like boogieing down to it. <laughs> and like, you know, needless to say, all this shit just ends up in the bin. Yeah. So the trash is overflowing and Homer goes to, to take out the garbage in the morning and he, he misses the truck. So he he starts yelling at the garbage man and uh, like they kick his ass and then just like cut off his garbage. So yeah. he ends up having to uh, go to the sanitation 
commission office and <laughs> has a disagreement with him as well. And his his name in the show, his character's name is uh, Commissioner. Uh, what was his name? I've got this written down here. Well, at any rate, he's voiced by Steve Martin. So Steve Martin, technically, I would consider as a musical guest because he plays the banjo really well. He actually plays in a band. Um, Fair. Okay. Yeah. I'll but, take that. But That's why I, I know who Steve Martin is. That's not what the confusion yeah. was. The confusion was like, musician? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay, yep, I mean, no, yep. that's the technicality. No, that's fair. Yep. But no. um, U2 are also in this Play one. On. So you remember the episode with U2? Yeah, I do, so yeah. Homer ends up going to run for sanitation commissioner <laughs> against Steve Martin's character. And uh, he's, like, trying to do, like, his political campaigning. So he decides it's a good de- idea to like sneak into this U2 concert and just like storm the stage and push his agenda. That's right. Yeah. The way he sneaks in is he just puts on like, he puts on like a pork pie hat and a, and like a patched vest and he's got this sack of potatoes over his shoulder and he just knocks on the door because like U2 are Irish and he's like, yeah, I'm the potato man. And they're like, where the bloody hell have you been? And they just let him straight in and, you know. He crashes the U2 concert. So that was a fantastic episode. That was one that was like a real favorite of mine when I was a kid. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But, um, that's one I, for some reason, there's a couple of little blips on my radar of Simpsons episodes, and that is one of them. Yeah. No, I remember key enough. moments, but it's not one that, for some reason, I saw a lot of. Yeah, I think I had it on VHS, so that's why it's like stuck in my mind. Yeah. But um yeah, apparently um you two were actually the ones that reached out to the Simpsons producers to go on that episode or to go on a episode and they happened to be writing that one at the time. So the writers quickly wrote them into the episode so that like before they changed their minds, you know. Yeah. So they could get them on. So Do you reckon like cuz the Simpsons will take the piss out of like you know, South Park's the one these days that you you worry about like taking the piss out of you. Yeah. But back then it would have been The Simpsons. Yeah, I think oh, the way The Simpsons went about it, though, was that they would they were more collaborating with the guests. They definitely did. They they would, well. They t- definitely took the piss out of people, but they wouldn't take the piss out of people who were voices on, on the show. Exactly right. Yeah. And you know who, you know who said that? Um, Tony Hawk. I remember 60 Minutes did a segment on Tony Hawk. And yeah. they were like, oh, you were on the 300th episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And he was, he was like, yeah, and they're like, "What's it like being on uh, Simpsons? Like playing yourself on the Simpsons?" And he's like, "Oh, honestly, like you just got to be relieved that it's you doing the voice because yeah. if it's not you doing the voice, then they're generally <laughs> taking the piss out of you pretty badly." Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was on the other night, actually, and Blink One Eighty Two were on that episode as well. Yeah, yeah, because Bart like starts hanging out with them and lives in the, the, they, they, the abandoned they, warehouse yeah, or recommissioned their, warehouse. That's right. Yeah. He divorces his parents and <laughs> <laughs> he's like living in a loft. And then, uh, yeah, it just so happens that the floor above him is like occupied by like Blink-182 and Tony Hawk. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a classic one as well. 300 um, though, a whole hundred episodes yeah. between the one I'm talking about and that one. What I was, um, going to before with the uh work. Where was I? Um oh my god, I've just hit a wall. I'll edit this bit out. But um can't remember? No, I was gonna make a point. Oh right. 
do you reckon that you two would have reached out because they're, you know, or may, maybe I won't restrict this to just you two, but do you reckon that there's guests who've, because they wouldn't be the only people who've asked to be on The Simpsons. No, and I'll them. go into that in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in one of the next episodes. Do you reckon that some people have done it or some groups have done it so that they can get in and it's on their call? And so, like, Ooh, it's kind of like a bit of a PR like a management strike. move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah possible. Quite possibly. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah, that's that's a potential one for you too, because not everybody likes you too. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure someone like Barry White, you know, probably would have been approached. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure there are plenty of other, like, plenty of other guests that were, um. I don't know. Who knows? The ones that I've read about, like as far as I've read, just approach the writers because they're just fans of the show. But I think you, I yeah. think there could be something in what you're saying. As I well. reckon there might have been like you know one instance of that kind of happening. You know, Bet Midler, for instance, like you know, she'd be easy to make fun of. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, she doesn't strike me as the sort of person who would really give two two shits if The Simpsons are making fun of her. But uh, yeah, that that was um, that was number two. Yeah. And uh, number three, and you'll definitely know this one, um, season three, episode 13, um, Radio Bart is the name of the episode. And it's the one where uh, he drops his radio down the, the well. Yeah. And uh, ends up, you know, pulling a prank and convincing the town that he's a Timmy O'Toole stuck in the well. Yeah. And then when he eventually uh, goes down there to retrieve his voice recorder, um, Falls in the well and the situation becomes real. The ultimate boy who cried wolf situation. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I'm pretty sure the song that plays as well when he's descending the well to get his uh, voice recorder is um, that Axel F song. You know, Axel? Popcorn? Uh, I don't know what the song's called, but it was on the Beverly Hills uh, Cobb soundtrack. The one that got remixed since Crazy Frog? Yeah. Yeah, that, it's that. called Popcorn. Yeah, Popcorn. Yeah, yeah that, that's the one then, yeah. Um, but the, the musical guest on that one was Sting, which most people would probably remember. That's right. I was, I was remembering the guitarist playing by the well, but I was like, which, who was it again? Yeah. And it was Sting. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, the reason they wanted, well, in in actual fact, they didn't want Sting to begin with. They wanted Bruce Springsteen, um, because they'd written in a joke, which was a parody of, um, We Are The World, where. Well, celebrities come and do the, the, the sing the charity they song. They did that in another episode, though, eventually, didn't they? Um, they may well have done. They may well have done. Not with yeah. Bruce Springsteen, though. But I know they've definitely, they've probably done numerous send-ups of, like, chari- celebrity charity songs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Springsteen was on We Are The World, and um, he declined, so they ended up getting Sting. And apparently, like, the, the producers and the writers said it was, like, the best decision that they'd made getting Sting on as well because he was just hilarious to work with. Yeah. He really like threw himself into the role apparently and was just a, like a pleasure to be around. So that's cool. But um, yeah, I mean, also the fact that I suppose he's, um, he was also sort of well-known for throwing himself into a lot of different causes at the time as well. Yeah. So he was a perfect, um, you know, spearhead to like send up the whole celebrity uh, charity song thing. So. Yeah, um, but there's a few other, there's a few other like um, musical references in that episode as well. There's um, there's like a piss take of Millie Vanilli, um, <laughs> so I think it's when Homer's watching the TV and he's like flipping through some channels and 
um, Soul Train comes on and then um, there's another bit where, um, yeah, Millie Vanilli's piss take. Um, the band's called Funky C, Funky Do, and they're, <laughs> and they're performing a song called I Do Believe We're Naked, <laughs> which I thought was just like pretty damn oh, funny. I, I forgot about, oh, I don't remember that detail at all, but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, really typical Simpsons humor. But yeah. Then the whole story of Millie Vanilli is like, just an absolute train wreck. I'm sure you've read about it, yeah. Oh yeah. I've, and I've, you've seen the footage where the where the um the tape pauses and everything goes around. Well, the moment it happened. Yeah. Where, no, I've not actually seen the the moment. It's um yeah, <laughs> it's on YouTube somewhere. I but, saw one of Katy Perry recently, like on Reddit, uh, where for, and like, she like she was like, you know, it was a it was a it wasn't like she was like doing an intense dance at the time mm. as well, and it was just kind of like you know, sacrificing a moment of vocals for choreography's yeah, sake. Yeah. She was singing and she was like sitting down and it was like a vocals emphasized part. Yeah. Yeah. And she like goes to like wipe hair from her face or something like that. Uh, but the vocals still keep going and she's got the mic away and she rushes back to it. And then she's like, Oh, and then she panics and she, you can see she just like, uh, no. she's like I'm, the jig is up kind of thing. Terrible. And she just like, she like, you know, Mime sulks kind of thing, like, oh, like, I'm so embarrassed kind of thing. <sighs> and then she's like, oh, and then it, the video ends. But that sounds like a real cringe fest. I hate seeing that sort of stuff. Yeah. The Ashley Simpson one was like even worse as well, because not only did she, you've seen that one, right? I probably have. I don't recall it though. Um, it was like a quite a famous moment where um, oh. she was on Saturday Night Live. She was supposed to be performing and uh, something happened. Yeah. So, something happened and the mime went wrong and obviously no one was supposed to know she was miming. So her, um, something in her brain just, just just clicked and she decided that she'd do some weird like country music jig and then just like ran off the stage and left the band out there. So the band are just like looking at each other like, do we keep miming? Do we just like stand here? What the hell's going on? And she's just run off stage I've after doing a country jig. Yeah, it's really hard to watch. Um, top tier cringe for sure. But um, yeah, poor old Millie Vanilli. Yeah. <laughs> and the next episode? Yeah, the next one. Yeah, this is um, this is number two, and this could have easily been number one because this is a like an infamous episode. Um, season three, episode one. Uh, Stark raving dad. So this is this is the Michael Jackson episode. Oh yes, and everyone's seen the it. The cancelled one. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been stricken from the record now for for um for reasons that I'm sure everybody's aware yeah. of. But yeah. um, there's just so much uh interesting backstory to this episode, and so much uh like misinformation about it. So yeah. many conflicting, um, conflicting stories about it that I wanted to, I wanted to do yeah, this one. Set the record straight. I wanted, well, I want to set, yeah, I wanted to set the record straight because this is, I mean, there's probably conflicting accounts to even what I've read, but I at least did research and I did, yeah, I did try to give. The big everybody, one is the reason why he didn't sing on it, right? Yeah, well, that's it. Because when I mentioned it to you earlier off mic, um, it, it, you had a totally different story to the version that yeah. I'd read. So. Yeah, yeah. The version, I, the version I heard for the people out there who will empathise with me in this situation <laughs> is that for legal contract reasons, he could not sing on a 
for another company or whatever. He was restricted. Mm. So he got a, an impersonator in to sing the parts where he was singing. Yeah. And he just kind of, you know, gave it his thumbs up. So your, your theory makes more sense than my theory because it's another little piece of information that I had, which was sort of like not directly related to the episode, but Michael Jackson and Simpsons related is that um, Jackson and actually, he actually wrote the song, do the Bartman because he wanted Bart Simpson to, cause he loved Bart Simpson. He was his favorite character. He wanted Bart to have a number one hit. So he yeah. just, he wrote do the Bartman and it was like, obviously like a global phenomenon. Like that, it was right during the peak of Simpsons mania. Yeah. And um, yeah. He he couldn't be credited for contractual reasons, so he wrote the song, but he would never receive any. Well, he never received any royalties from it, and was never credited. But he also wrote um, that the song "Happy Birthday, Lisa" as well, oh, which he is did. featured he in the episode. It, yeah. yeah, he wrote that song. One of the terms that he had for being on this episode is that there's a scene written in where. Um, Leon Kompowski, I think is the character's name, um, writes a song with Bart. And um, that's the song that was, that, that was written by him for that, for that moment in the episode. Yeah. Um, but one of his other terms was that um, he didn't want to be credited on the episode either. So. Was that a legal thing or just kind of like? It doesn't specify. I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't think it was a legal thing. He used a pseudonym. So if you look at the if you look at the credits, he was credited as John J. Smith. Um, but oddly enough, as well, he wasn't the first person to do that. Um, there's you know um, the episode where Lisa falls in love with her substitute teacher. Oh, Mister uh, Mister Bergstrom. Mister Bergstrom. That's so right. He 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 leaves on the train and she. That's right. Yeah. Those are the note. Yeah, all that stuff. That was actually Dustin Hoffman. Um, but, oh yeah, I remember finding out about that recently. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he also decided to be credited with a pseudonym. But after this, after this, uh, Michael Jackson one, because obviously he was Michael Jackson was such a like an like beyond a celebrity, like megastar. Yeah. Um, it just created so much speculation and so much misinformation, and um, it was just a real. The whole thing was a real mess. Because um, was he already kind of like were people suspicious of him by this point? Oh. Yeah, I I think yeah, I think they were. Yeah. Um so they just they decided moving forward that any other celebrity guest that appeared on the show would have to be credited by their real name. So mm. they stopped the whole pseudonym thing as far as I'm aware. But um yeah, it's um he was actually voiced by three people in that show, in that in that episode. So Leon Leon Kompowski who's the um you know, who's the mental guy who thinks he's Michael Jackson in the episode. Um, when he's doing his soft-spoken Michael Jackson voice, that's Michael Jackson's speaking voice. Yeah. That's, that's Jackson. Um, when he does his gruff, his gruff, like, you know, when, when he does his real voice, that's Hank Azaria, who does yeah. Mo and a bunch of other characters. And um, the singing voice was a Michael Jackson impersonator named Kip Lennon. Um and what I read, which, and I'm starting to think now that your version is probably the truth. Oh, okay. I thought yours trumped it for some reason, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which we'll one's true. the comments section but yours, figure this one out. Yeah, yours makes more sense to me. But I read that Michael Jackson wanted to trick 
like his friends and his brothers into thinking that it was his singing voice. So he, one of the terms was that his voice would be impersonated when he was singing. And mm. I don't know, maybe he just got some amusement that out of That sounds like something Michael Jackson would do. Pranking though. his friends and his brothers or whatever. But Epic I'm sure the troll. contractual, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. A sick one, Michael. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, I, I'm sure there were contractual reasons involved as well. That's probably the yeah. bottom of it, really. Um, another interesting thing, though, about this episode is um, that there was actually a sequel to the episode that was planned. Did you hear about this? I have. So I might, I might have just read the headline or something, but God. yeah. Well, well, basically, um, Leon Kompowski's character was to return in mm. another episode, but this time he didn't think he was Michael Jackson anymore. This time he thought he was Prince, right? Oh. So they were going to do an episode with Prince, and they approached him, and he was like, "Yeah, I'd love to be. I'd love to do the episode." Um, but because Prince like lives in Prince land, um, <laughs> he's, you know, he's likes to have everything done his way. Right. Yep. So what, what essentially happened is, um, they're like, sweet, we're going to do this episode with Prince. Um, and they got their writers to start writing the episode. Meanwhile, Prince has, his personal chauffeur, like literally the guy who drives him around for a living, write the episode. Right? He's just like, you can write, you can write the episode, and we'll just we'll we'll give it to the, the producers, and they'll make this episode. So, <laughs> the, okay, yeah. So Prince's chauffeur and Prince like present the episode to the Simpsons producers, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we have writers for this, so they're kind of doing it, and. uh Prince is like, well, if you're not going to make it this episode that my chauffeur wrote, and I'm not going to do it. So the episode that the writers put together was, um, and this was like, it would have been a peak episode as well because it, um, it was all overseen by Conan O'Brien. Oh, his episodes are the best episodes. Yeah, exactly. So it would have been great. It never saw the light of the day, and it's one of the few episodes that they put together that just like was a dead script after that. You know so, who else that happened to? Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith directed a Prince music video. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Prince completely ducked him over. Um, have you have you watched an evening with Kevin Smith? I, I, I watched, I remember you telling me about this, and I watched the little segment from that show where he talks about yeah. his meeting with Prince. You say little, but it's like 25 minutes. Of, like the DVD itself. It's on, it's on Netflix yeah. in some countries. So Probably you, not. I don't know if it's here, though. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think I might've watched it when I was trying. I don't think I've seen the whole 25 minute long segment about Prince though. It's a four hour long feature and it's just like the best of it. I must've just seen a highlight of that 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, maybe it was like 15 or something from everyone. It's a fairly long story, but basically, um, Kevin Smith has this long story about how it's, it's worth watching because it's quite engaging. Um, about how Prince approached him to do a video and then just completely ghosted him, never thanked him, didn't ever pay him and just like, but the, the story is interesting because it's more about like kind of the difficulties of working with someone like Prince. Yeah. And he uses the example of that 
one day, apparently his agent was saying that one day he woke up and he's like, I want to draft. And yeah. they're like, hey, man, it's the middle of New York. Yeah, in winter. In winter. Yeah. We cannot get you a draft. And he's like, why not? Like, <laughs> just didn't understand it. Yeah, he just, he could never be told no. Yeah, like, he's know. obviously like, sir, like it's uh, like, you know, not well, see, to take away from like the genius of Prince, I adore his music. He's a supremely oh, talented musician. musician. Like, stupendously talented. Um, but yeah, the guy was obviously surrounded by yes men. Yes. And that was probably his, he's, that's probably a part of like, you know, his downfall, I guess. I don't know his story. Was he quite rich young or like, I honestly, I don't know, man. Like, all I know is I feel like, like he before was, you could get that fame, you would have had to have learned like, he was how just to prodigiously no. talented. Like I, from by all accounts here, we could just pick up an instrument and like, just he'd have it figured out within a day kind of thing, yeah. no matter what it was. And Apparently he plays, he'd have microphones wired into like his bathroom as well. And so that yeah. if he had an idea, he could like hum it or sing it, yeah. tap it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. he wouldn't lose it. He would never it would lose a moment stored. of inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredibly gifted human being. Like the way the guy plays guitar is just mind blowing. Plays, plays piano like a professional like um there's a it, i don't think it was ever released on vinyl or cd but there's a really really good uh 35 45 minute long album that he made and it's somewhere on youtube um where he's just playing jazz on piano like with he a full did a band. tour of that didn't he or was that the tour uh, that he was, that was gonna do that was one man and a piano and he did yeah. embark on that tour because he played he, he played that show in australia one. but that was just him playing renditions of his songs adapted for the right. piano um, whereas this is like, um, like Herbie, like early Herbie Hancock, like, you know, post-bop jazz, like on the piano, like playing it proficiently. And then he can play drums and then he can play guitar, like freaking better than Eric Clapton. And like, you know, dude's just like, who, yeah. who can do that? You know, like he played, you know, I'm pretty sure he played sax as well. Just, yeah. yeah. Insane. Just a, just a. Guy must have fallen from another planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tragic loss. But yeah. Um, crazy. Like I would have loved to have seen an episode of The Simpsons of the Prince on it. It's a shame that he wanted his chauffeur to write the episode. Yeah. So we'll just, never. I would. Yeah. I would. When you told the, me that, I was like, that is. <laughs> that really, sounds like ridiculous. classic Prince. Like yeah. I, I actually want to read that script. Honestly, like. You oh, know. I hope it's somewhere. Apparently, that that's the thing as well. Is apparently, Kevin Smith was saying that. This would happen a lot because, you know, he, he, it, the music video never, never sort of lighted out. He never got paid and he, he tried to approach Prince about it like when on the final day or something. Mm. Oh, he actually emceed an evening for Prince as well, like a QA or something like yeah, that. And it went right. disastrous. Yeah. Oh, he took ages to come out on stage, like hours. Yeah. Like, you know, like how Guns N' Roses used to do it. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like exactly. That. Um, Build the suspense, but, but really obnoxiously. Yeah, and he, um, he, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the video, but um, what Kevin Smith was saying is he approached like the manager about it and he's like, what's his deal? Like, I, you know, the, can't really you just rude. tell him no? Yeah. 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 Why can't he just say like, sorry or thank you or anything? And they're like, and, no, you don't understand. Well, he was talking about the music video specifically and they said, yeah. well, actually, we've, there's an archive with, like almost well probably hundreds of music videos that will never see the light of day that he just makes because he's got the money to do it like high yeah. budget stuff yeah and it just never got released so the prince archive will be 
a thing in the future, no doubt. Of I hope so. Yeah, because it just sounds like I'm sure he did that a lot with music as well. Recorded a lot of albums. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, yeah. I mean, well, the Black Album music, is no doubt. Yeah, the Black Album is a really good example. Uh, he recorded like that's one of the I think it's the highest or most expensive item that ever sold on Discogs. So it's essentially really? an album that he recorded and released a big budget album, yeah, full of hits, no doubt. Um, that he like had pressed and. Like, you know, they were, they were ready. They were going to hit the shelves, um, millions of them. And then he decided, I think he had a dream or he had some sort of epiphany where um, they, they changed his mind about the album and he thought that it was like evil and it was going to do harm. Yeah, because it's very it was Christian. blasphemous. Yeah. And he decided, no, nah, I'm pulling it. Um, but there's still like a few copies floating around. And if you've got one, like an actual original copy, I think it was like, $25,000 for this LP. Wow. Something crazy. Obviously, it's been digitized. And- it must have been digitized. I'm sure you can get boots of it, but to get an original vinyl copy of it is like... I'd be very interested to hear expensive. that. Yeah. There's promos, and I'm pretty sure there's some test pressing floating around. Yeah. All black cover, so, you know, not easy to identify. Um, yeah, very... Like, I'm surprised he got to the point of almost releasing it before he decided it was blasphemous. Yeah, like, but once again, that's just black a- cover. One I don't of know those, what lyrical themes are, but one of those printisms, like you know, just like uh, if he wants it, if he wants something to be done, it gets done. I mean, he yeah. changed his name to a symbol. Oh, you know, I actually saw this today. Um, someone, I think it was Ning, uh, Ningaloo Records posted yeah. this. So the floppy he, disk, the floppy disk, yeah, where he he changed his name to a symbol yeah. because he wanted to make it difficult for journalists to write about him or <laughs> something like that. And just being a little prankster and, you know, or, you know, making an arty move irregardless yeah. of the consequences. Yeah. And he, he's just being like, you know, very art punky disruptive from the being vibe. Being Lord. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so he was no longer called Prince and it was something to do with an argument with the label as well. Yeah. And he still wanted to release music. It's a bit of a middle finger to various people. Yeah. I think it was Warner. I think I read. Yeah. Um, and so he was the artist previously known as Prince. That's right. That's yeah. how they would refer to him in the media. <laughs> and so what he did is because he wanted to go by the symbol, he actually just like, this is the days of like, would have been like windows 95 and yeah, you know, uh, I can't remember what, um, Mac OS it was back then. Yeah. But, um, uh, or Apple computer. Um, I think that was the name of them. Mm. Um, but, uh, he created his own font <laughs> and distributed it to, um, you know, different journos and stuff on a floppy disk. Yeah. And so the floppy disk just contains the, the font file. <laughs> what a fucking awesome move that is. Though. Yeah. Like, what a power! I, I did read that, and move. I was like, "I like that. That's cool." Yeah, that's yeah. such a power move. Yeah, but I mean, you want to talk about me? Yeah, you got to use my font. <laughs> use my font. Yeah, that's great. Uh, anyway, number one. Number one. Yeah. Drum roll. Uh, this is, you know, this is gonna be uh, one that everybody knows. I'm sure. I've said this before, but Homer Palooza. Oh, I mean, I couldn't not. I couldn't have a top course. five musical guest episode and not include Homer Palooza. There was so many like that narrowly missed out, but Homer Palooza, it's it's taken number one spot. Yeah, and um, season seven, episode twenty four. So we've got Peter Frampton, Cypress Hill. Yep, 
Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. Sonic Youth. That's right. And yep. then I'm pretty sure Nine Inch Nails get a mention as well when he goes to the record store, but they're not actually in the episode. Um, that's right. There, there's a few like band posters in the background right. as well. And the record store employees like just like staring <laughs> at his magazine. Yeah, he's bored. like, just like, who is this dweeb? Like how like get the hell out of the store. But um Yeah. <laughs> you know my favorite quote in that is uh is uh Billy Corgan when he's like Billy Corgan smashing pumpkins and Homer Simpson smiling politely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually I've got a fact that I had like so buried a little bit further down in my notes about that that particular moment. Yeah. So um originally um Courtney Love and Hole were gonna appear in the episode. Um, Ooh, interesting. In place of one of the bands, possibly Smashing Pumpkins, actually. Because what year was this one? This was season This would have seven, been 1995, so. maybe? Yeah, so. So it was, it was around that point. Yeah, um, the peak of all those bands. And- yeah, exactly. Right, right at the height of it all. And um, yeah, the, Colton Eleven Hole didn't actually make it onto the episode because um, Sonic Youth actually stood up and said, well, if Courtney Love is coming anywhere near this episode, we're, we're not going to be on it because they obviously don't like Courtney Love yeah, for one reason or another. Um, but that joke was originally written for an exchange between Homer and Courtney Love. Um, and the line, oh, and man, the line that's was so much funnier. The line was totally different and it was just, oh, okay. some, it was just a pun about like, you know, Courtney Love's name. Like I read the joke and it was like pretty lame. So I'm really glad that she didn't end up on the episode because the whole Billy so what Corgan. does Homer say to Courtney in the, uh, did it say? I can't, I can't remember. And if I try to recall it, like I won't do it justice. It's out there though. If you just, the idea it. of Homer saying like Courtney Love introducing herself and Homer going, Homer Simpson smiling politely. It's, it's him misunderstanding her name in some way. Yeah. But it also kind of is like, I feel like it's a bit of a jab at her. Yeah. Like, yeah by saying smiling true. politely. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it may, it, you know, it's still the smashing pumpkins one's still funny because it sounds like, you know, uh, yeah, like exactly. an action kind of I, thing. I yeah. think the line was different though. I think the whole joke, the corny love joke was different, yeah. but the premise of it with him misunderstanding the name was the same. Yeah. But I think the joke between Billy Corgan and Homer Isn't was Kid much Rock in that episode as well. No, no, no different that's epi- the Florida different one episode. That, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's uh, there's a, there's a few little interesting facts about this episode. Um, no doubt, not a lot of people know we're actually in that episode as well. Oh, really? So, all right, get this. Um, Gwen Stefani's brother, Eric Stefani, was actually he was a former member of No Doubt. Yeah. Then he became an one of the animators for The Simpsons. Unreal. So there's a scene where you can see in the background, standing behind Homer. No doubt he's standing there. Um, and that's because Eric Stefani just drew them in because he could. There you go. Uh, even though they're not, they don't get mentioned and they don't, they don't have any part in the episode. They're just standing there in the background. Yeah. So, Actually, you know, you want to know a quick fact that sprung to mind that I was going to mention earlier. Mm. Um, well, in the other episode when we we're talking about Tool, uh, the guitarist for Tool, Adam Jones, was one of the um animators on Jurassic Park like the original really yeah like he's he's a Works prosthetics with the ad- animatronics and stuff and like yeah, that yeah he's a, he's a, he he that's his kind of main gig yeah right or i'm um, i'm sure brought maybe not these days but mm. was his main source of income as he worked on movie props and that's stuff that's awesome 
Yeah, and he was also a musician. And I wonder if he knows. He's a the, really good photographer too. But he must know the MythBuster guys. I'm sure they know each other. No doubt. Yeah, which brings to us bring back, right to, back to brings us back to this. Yeah. Um, there was a that um, pun was not intended either. No, no, absolutely not. Um. Oh, here's another funny fact. Okay, so apparently Billy Corgan like fancied himself a bit of an impressionist. And uh, really? he did like a really good, he thought he did, well, apparently by all accounts they were pretty good, but he did a good impression of Homer and Marge and he somehow wanted those impressions worked into, into the episode, but they were like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if we can find any room for that. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, so that yeah. happened. Um, originally as well, instead of um, Peter Frampton, they sought out Bob Dylan, um, but Bob Dylan uh, either just didn't reply or res- or just denied. Left you know, him on scene. Didn't want to do it. So Frampton got that spot. Um, Pearl Jam was also, re- they reached out to Pearl Jam to be on the episode. Pearl Jam declined for one reason or another. I'm not too sure. Maybe they're busy. It's surprising. Yeah, they must yeah. have just been busy. Who knows? Um, and uh, I think, where are we? No, that was, oh, yeah, that's right. I do have one more interesting fact. So this episode was written by a guy named Brent Forrester. And um, as a part of the research that he did for the episode, he actually went to uh, he went to a Lollapalooza festival. Oh, really? And he's obviously like you know, like you've seen what the Simpsons writers look like in the nineties. They're all like pretty dweeby looking, quite cave dwellers. You know, yeah, they're sitting exactly. there writing dens. And yeah, like- exactly. They don't like the outdoorsiest like type of looking dudes. So apparently, you know, he had like just an awful time there. But a lot of his experiences got written into like some of the jokes yeah. in the episode. So like he recalls one point where like this kid walks up to him and calls him a narc. And like that bit gets used in the episode, like Homer gets called a narc. And um Oh, right. So it actually happened to one of the writers. Yeah, yeah, it happened to That's funny. Yeah, he got called a narc. So they wrote that bit in as a joke. Um and I think there's also a bit in the episode where people's cameras are getting seized and thrown in the bin, and that actually happened as well at Lollapalooza. And the mm. set, the satire about all the corporate advertisements everywhere, like yeah. you know, like that was all like from his experience at Lollapalooza as well. He was kind of taken aback by how much corporate sponsorship was involved in something that was supposed to be like a fringy kind of alternative event. Yeah. So there was he, you know, they took a jab at that as well. Did you see that thing recently? How uh, KFC booked a spot at some massive like Tomorrowland or whatever big festival in I think it was Europe mm. and um the uh it was like one of those big you know where they have like a massive screen and like the visuals because everyone's off the tit on drugs mm. and they're staring at this these massive displays and it's you know a lot of CG art and all that it was that but KFC had bought the segment so the DJ what or you know producer or whatever was like the colonel. Yeah. And it was, but it was like, like a animated one. And they're like trying to hype the crowd up. And there's <laughs> no. just like animations of like KFC chicken flying through the, the screens and all that. And uh, like no. trying to hype people up and no one is buying it because no. it, Cause it's just no so drugs would, would convert anyone to like being into that. No, absolutely not. That's got to be one of the great PR fails, I'm sure. Like, they'll yeah. look back on that as an example of what not to do in future. Yeah. There's some really good... Like, they were trying like, to, like, do, like, a dead mouse thing with it, basically. Yeah, we, but what a... Yeah, like, who, how did that get past the board, honestly? Yeah. But... <laughs> it's one of those ones where you, you, 
you see that article and then the top comment is someone's put that, how do you do fellow kids? Yeah. Yeah. Of Steve Buscemi. Oh man. Like, so you obviously read it user. So like, um, R slash cringe. If you just go like top of all time. Yeah. The majority of them are like just stupendous, like PR fails. Yeah. Like, um, there's a, there's a really good one, um, that you might've remembered. It was fairly recent in the scheme of things. 2014, this happened and it was Qualcomm. So the American yeah, the, telecommunications company. Yeah, yep. And uh, they basically, they're doing like a big, uh, you know, like a shareholders conference. They're trying to, they're trying to hype up all of their plans for the future. And they get these three stage actors out. And one's supposed to be representative of like your self-obsessed, like Instagram, like team. Oh yeah. You've I seen remember this. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause I think I did the same thing. Looked at the top posts of all time when yeah, I cringe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like the whole thing is a train wreck. It's, it's like, like 20 uh, minutes long as well. Yeah. And I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Like it's... amazing laser show. <laughs> laser light show was fantastic. And like, you know, <coughs> these actors were like, they did a pretty decent job given what they were obviously had to work with. Yeah. But my God, they're, like. They're just going so high there. Oh, it's just a crash and burn scenario if I've ever seen one. Like, so it's the chick and then there's, uh, there's the gamer guy. Yeah. The gamer guy. <laughs> oh, man, he's just atrocious. And then there's the uh, like the corporate up-and-comer who's like, you know, who's a bit of a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, talking about, you know, all the benefits he gets out of his phone. But yeah, like any, anyone who's familiar with Reddit, just go to the cringe subreddit, go top of all time. It's not too far down. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a freaking dumpster fire. It's, it's, yeah. It's hilarious, though. But yeah. That about that basically um that wraps up my my top five yeah uh you know musical uh, guest Simpsons episodes yeah but um I'm sure I'm sure Matt you'll have you'll have some for a future episode yeah yeah we'll do we'll do this again so the the concept of this episode which you know if you're cluey to how these things go is obviously an emergency podcast so we recorded <laughs> it and uh, saved it. It probably won't take long to get it released, but we've saved it, banked it up in case something goes wrong one one week or someone's on holiday or whatever. Yeah, because um, The Simpsons is timeless after all. Exactly, and that was kind of... I was like, I, so I brought up this idea with you <laughs> and I was like, we need something that's timeless and one of the first things that popped in uh, was The Simpsons. Yeah, it's so, like, oh, we can talk about The Simpsons y- for yeah, about that, 45 minutes pretty easily. Y- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I'll I'll do top my top five, but I'll, I'll kind of theme it differently, maybe. Um, yeah, because I'm sure that it would probably cross over a lot. I'm looking forward to hearing them though. Yeah, gotta love talking about the Simpsons. And yeah. um, if anyone else has like um, you know, like their favorite musical moment, doesn't have to be like a guest, or it could just be a musical reference or a pop culture reference. But yeah, chuck it in the comments. Let us know like what your favorite Simpsons, uh, you know, music related scenes and moments are yeah because we'd love to hear him if you want to reach out via email rhubarbpod at gmail.com r-h-u-b-a-r-b-p-o-d at gmail.com um yeah thanks liam yeah no worries yeah i think that wraps it up but no thanks for listening man thanks for listening to me waffle on about the simpsons no it's great i can i can waffle on uh, just as well sticking together is what good waffles do (laughs) 